This week's episode of One Shot is brought to you by the Lodge Management Group. Wings and beer, almost as good as podcasts. That's why Chicago's Summer Wing Fest wants to give listeners a free t-shirt when they buy tickets with the offer code PODCAST. Available at wingfest.net. Hello, heroes, and welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm James D'Amato, your Game Master. This week, we're playing Monty Cook's Numenera. Numenera is a streamlined D20 system that puts an interesting far-future twist on traditional fantasy adventure role-playing. If you want to know more about the setting, be sure to check out the bonus episode this week where Darcy Ross, our guest GM, explains Numenera in less than five minutes. I had a lot of fun dipping my toe into Numenera. It's the sort of game I would recommend for groups who want a traditional crunchy foundation built on top of a fascinating world that has layer after layer of mystery and excitement. If you're the sort of person who likes to tear into a setting, Numenera is exactly the sort of game that you're looking for. And right now, Monty Cook Games is kickstarting Numenera into the ninth world, an in-depth expansion of the Numenera setting, going deep underwater, and deep into space. It's already funded and they're smashing stretch goals as we speak. Joining me to play Numenera are my friends from the Overshare Comedy Network and key members of one of my latest ventures, Bits on Bits, a Let's Play series for video games. So if you like electronic gaming as much as you like tabletop gaming, you can listen to me, Alex Manich, Matt Pina, Brett Alexander, and Dan Barrera playing games on the Overshare Comedy Network's YouTube channel. You can find the links for all of that in the show notes. Before we get to the show, Kat and I have to thank our backers on Patreon. Yeah, okay, show off. Martin Tegelge, thank you so much. Yeah, you tell her. If that's wrong, you tell her immediately. James McGee! Hey, James. Uh, he's another person who is so kind enough to uh, correspond with us on a regular basis. Thank you so much, James McGee. Stephanie Midlock. Thanks, Stephanie. Thank you. Yaniv. Yaniv, thank you so much. Thank you. Luke McClung, thank you so much. John Conway Bateman, thank you so much. Thanks, John. Angie Panado? Angie Panado. No, Angie Petanato. Pen- thank you, Angie. Pena- yeah, you're right. Petanato. It's okay. Angie Petanato. Should we ever put a disclaimer that you're dyslexic? Uh, g- <laughs> Do people know <laughs> If that? there's a time... Wow, people weeks, <laughs> weeks after being furious... About me mispronouncing their name. James severely uh, dyslexic. I am very, very dyslexic. Uh, and I, something I admire about him is how much he he reads, considering that it is difficult for him. That's I've been his best friend for a long time, but he loves stories so dang much that he persists, and it's uh, pretty cool of him. Angie Pennanato, thank you. Thank you, Scott McClure. Scott McClure. I know how to say McClure. Thanks, thank man. Thank you, Scott. <laughs> Antonio Fernandez. Thank you. And Antonio actually played a game with me once. We oh, played cool. we played Fiasco. Very cool. Thanks. Jacob Lagat. Thanks so much. Thank you. Ryan Chavez. Thank you so much. And with all that out of the way, let's get to the show. Heroes, let's meet our party for this week. First up is Matt Pina. Matt. Hi. Welcome to One Shot. Thank you. It's my first time on. Thank you so much for having me. Is this me. your first time playing a role-playing <laughs> mm-hmm. game? Mm-hmm. Uh, is this your first connection to role-playing at all? Uh, outside of video games, yeah. Like a live role-playing thing, yeah. That's, my oh, first that's thing. cool. Well, like, what has been your impression of role-playing games up to this point? Because I imagine it's been like that nerdy thing in the distance. Kind of, but not like a nerdy thing. Like a, a thing that like... Oh, don't I, lie I, to us. I don't. could probably... I could probably get involved in that if I just asked my friends to do it kind mm-hmm. of thing, but no one ever really was into it. So it Okay, just well, uh, anybody me. who has met Pina's friend has failed him as a friend. <laughs> they have not gotten him involved earlier. Uh, but Matt, let's meet your character. Who are you going to be playing for us this week? Uh, Raz. <laughs> All right. Already, this is going in a great direction. Can you tell us a little bit about Uraz? Sure. Uh, I am Uraz. I'm a mechanical jack uh, <laughs> whose body is fused with uh, flesh and uh, steel, fused together. It's all of those things. You kind of can't distinguish one from the other. <laughs> they, they, one starts, you don't know where the other right. ends. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's like the the steel is painted to look like my flesh by myself because I feel like I'm an outcast. Okay. <laughs> People look at me and say that I'm a freak and things like that, and they're right. That can be okay. Yeah. 
and like I feel that like that's a healthy attitude <laughs> towards it. I feel that you know I care. I'm very self conscious about. It. Oh, of course. Yeah, of course. Um, well, uh, well, why are you on this particular mission? Why did um, you? Well, uh, I've worked alongside my father for many years, and. In fact, he is the one who uh, combined the machine with my body when I was a younger man. Okay. I fell down a thing, and he was like, oh, no, you're going to die. And I said, stop it. And he said, okay. And he got, you know, a piece of the metal and computer parts. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. He put them all in me, and I'm I'm alive to this day. So bless him. So, yeah, you're alive because of Mm -hmm. that event. So you're just looking for your father. Right. He had gone missing, um, kind of just vanished off the face of the planet Earth. And I thought, (laughs) no, you made this choice. You gotta, you gotta commit. And I thought to myself, you know what? Uraz, you're gonna go get your dad. So that's what I'm here for. I can tell Uraz is gonna be one of the one shot classic characters (laughs) that uh, everybody likes. Uh, that oh-so-familiar laughing you hear is Alex Manage. Alex. Hey, man. Hey, welcome back to One Shot. It's been a long time. Too long, I It has. Uh, yeah, well, you're not the only one who would say that. Aww, so you're uh, being kind. All those Alex Manage fans uh, welcoming you back. Who are you going to be playing for us this week? I'm going to be playing... Uh, Clearly not going to follow suit on the in-character introduction. Hold on. That's- hold on. <laughs> Wait for it. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, I am Eatless. <laughs> not like... Italy, the restaurant and grocery store in Chicago, Illinois. No, Etolas. I am a strong-willed nano who commands mental powers. I have a traveling companion. His name be Carner. Okay, well, let's focus on you. Let's <laughs> stick to you. He's a cool guy, but I will focus on myself. I enjoy knowledge for knowledge's sake. I studied the many Numenara. I am very studied in Numenara. I have heard from a friend, Crail, that she has a lead on a potentially lucrative source of information. Unfortunately, I have lost track of Crail and lost track of the lead on that information. (laughs) However... I have trained with a group of Aeon priests. Some of them are fond of me. Others are not. Why is that? I may have a predilection for (laughs) the tastes of pleasure. Okay. A bag of oddities. Many of those oddities pills I found at different (laughs) raves. Okay. I like to imbibe them. And just chill and listen to EDM music. Which is a thing that's still around in a billion years. <laughs> EDM so. music is the Alpha and Omega. It exists now and forever. Everyone look forward to EDM being around for the next billion years. I, my cousin is a man named Skrillex. Okay, that's just fine. The rails, uh, where are they? <laughs> Let's meet our next party member, Brett Alexander. Brett, welcome hey. to One Shot. Thank you. It's my first time One Shot. Thank you for having me. This is your first fantastic. time One Shot. Is this your first role playing game? This is not my first role playing game. I, I did. Uh, one of my buddies uh, back at home, where I'm from, he he took me through uh, a couple of D and Ds and a couple of like free form. Without as much rules and stuff, oh, cool. so I've maybe done like five times total. That's that's cool. Well, what was yeah. the uh, what was your most memorable character? One where I actually played a a, a villain um, that just tried to convince people that he was magic, but he didn't actually have anything. So he tried to like just show everyone up with his panache. That's great. Which is why I like my character today. Oh, all right. Well, let's uh, learn a little bit about your character. Learn about this uh, panache. Uh, yeah, I uh, I'm Carner. <laughs> Sometimes in different countries, people call it Kanye. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I'm not one to tell people how to talk. So I'm a swift glaive, and uh, I fight with a lot of panache. At least that's what people tell me. I'm not one to give compliments to myself, except for if I'm describing my 16-pack. Uh, or uh, 
uh, how many, however many abdominal muscles people have. I, uh, if you guys don't know, since this is, you know, this is on, on sound, <laughs> this is one of the sound things and you can't see me. I'm, I'm pretty great looking. And, uh, I got, a, I got a sword and I got a couple other things that I can surprise you with. Um, but you know, I mean, uh, I'm just, I'm just around here. Uh, I'm, uh, school wasn't really for me, you know. I, I went there and all these teachers tried to tell me stuff and give me skills. <laughs> I just thought, well, I got a bunch of skills. <laughs> and so that's why I hang around with the tallest. He's, he's got the brains of the thing. And, uh, I think I introduced him to, uh, something that's pretty big in his life. EDM music. <laughs> and so, that's really where we connected, but. So you're kind I mean, of a bad influence. <laughs> what are you talking about, man? EDM music's the best. Man, when we went out to Burning Man, which is still around. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad. It's, it's, it's one of the Manara. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Burning Man was one of the only music fests that survived a billion years because it, it didn't really need a whole lot of foliage. But, you know, I mean, I, I pretty much all I know about the world is that in these numina things, you just put them together and stuff happens. I mean, I, why do you need school for that? So uh, I really joined, joined up in this party because, uh, well, because Tanisia, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, not to say anything about Tanisia, but like, you know, I mean, she's cool. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, I think she's been a little cooped up, you know, being being trained by all those people that don't talk much, but, you know. I think it'd be cool to hang around her. <laughs> that's that's perfect. Uh, and that actually leads us into the fact that I will not be GMing this week. Uh, instead, that is going to be handled by Darcy Ross. Darcy, want to say hi? Hello. I'm so excited to GM for you guys. I'm very excited to have you. Uh, Darcy has been a listener to our show before, and she also joined us at uh, the Game Master Circle event mm-hmm. run by Will Heimarch and myself. Uh, it was a lot of fun to have you there, and I'm so excited to have you here now uh, but before we do that i am going to introduce my character who is tanacea i am tanacea glaive of the selenium monks i have trained my entire life in the skills of weaponry and combat for the eventuality that i would be called upon by my brothers to defend the monastery thankfully there has been peace for us for many years however With peace comes a certain amount of revelry, and those who are not as focused or as committed as myself (laughs) seem to have gone through our budget, uh, (laughs) pursuing many different pleasures. This has displeased me, but it has been a silent displeasure until I was asked to serve the brethren by going out to find more money i am honor bound to serve my brethren and so i have entered the service of uraz a boy looking for his father i know well of the bonds of family and i am committed to help this boy find his father no matter how difficult it may be communicating with him at times I sense there is a spirit of the warrior bound somewhere in the metal skeleton that corrupts his flesh. I don't know if this creature that lives within the boy's soul really has his best interests at heart, but there are times when we all need someone to assist us. We have also met up with two travelers. I will not give them the title of warrior. Karner... And Etolas. Etolas is something of a purveyor of mysteries, and Karner seems to be a buffoon. (laughs) But they are pleasant enough, and I do feel safer traveling in numbers. I have no connection to this journey beyond the honor that is bound to me by my brethren, but I am interested to see the outside world. So there we go. Yeah, that was awesome. I'll be playing the straight man. <laughs> All right, Darcy. Uh, so, w- yeah, <laughs> Alex, you're gonna need to be way closer to that microphone. So oh, just really? be mindful of that. Yeah, uh, oh, talk- I'm, I'm not like. Trying okay, to- yeah, cool. 
All right. Okay. So yeah, we're we're ready to take it away. <clears throat> okay, cool. So I don't have to do any setting information. We're just gonna dive right into the adventure. Yeah, uh, you cause... can. Yeah, the setting. If you guys want to know more about the Numenera setting, uh, be sure to check out the bonus episode that was uploaded along with this episode. Uh, it's got the bare bones details of Numenera. So actually, if you're thinking, you know, this might be a game that I want to play, be sure to listen to that. Uh, otherwise, we're gonna dive right into the story. Lovely. So you all are uh, sort of beyond where uh, you are all from the Steadfast. This is the civilized area of um, the sort of continental Numenera. And uh, through various your various histories here, you have found yourselves on just past the mountain range that really divides the, the wild east from the Steadfast, the more settled west. Adelus and Karner have been sent on a mission to follow this pilgrimage route, this strange phenomenon called the Wandering walk. It doesn't have real sense for for why it takes the routes it does. It it is very dangerous. It is not the easiest path to go around. Um, But it it extends possibly as far as the entire continent of of the the supercontinent of Numenera. Um, And not a lot is really known about it. There are many rumors, and that is why the Aeon Priesthood has an interest in documenting the, the validity of some of these claims, finding out if there are interesting bits of tech or uh, uh, facilities or who knows what that they could make use of. And so that is at least the written reason why Italas has been sent on this uh, not fool's errand, but um, important task to the Aeon Priesthood. Uh, yes, so you have um, probably just gotten on the Wandering Walk right now. And after uh, the trip over the mountain range I- into the, the wild east, right? Um, you have found a sort of safe area, campgrounds along the wandering walk, and they're called the mouth carns, and they are these spherical structures along the path that lots of these pilgrims who call themselves peregrines or birds, if you are being derogatory, take shelter in. And so they are spherical structures, and outside of each of them, they have uh, a wall, a short wall made of human jaws. And so the pilgrims who you have uh, met along this way have informed you that the proper protocol before entering one of these safe havens called mouth cairns is to uh, say a small prayer and assure the spirits of these ancient pilgrims who laid down their, their bones here that you will not uh, alter in any way their remains. So you guys are camping out I mean, for the beyond night. beyond ripping their jaws off and using them to build a wall. Right. Plenty of other bones, I would say, that would probably be, be better. way better suited yeah. to build a wall with. Femurs. Larger. Yeah. Rib, sturdier. Rib cages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. That, that's basically the wall's half built. Right. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just... But let's not. Yeah, let's yeah, not. not. That's not a religious thing. It's other cultures. You guys, you know, There's a very tall man whose body is covered in these elaborate scars that uh, you've seen on several of the pilgrims, uh, who's watching you very carefully as you start to enter the the shelter for the evening, and is sort of watching out for any disruption. Uh, so Tanasia, uh kneels down outside and just begins uh, doing her meditations that uh, she would do at the temple uh, which one of her skills is uh, physical performing arts uh, so sh- uh, clearly this is uh, object work that she's doing <laughs> uh, that has in the billion years become a sacred rite of the selenium monks so uh, Edelis is going to he's going to do a yoga pose um i think it's mountain pose uh he's going to do mountain pose and he's going to concentrate uh and that's how he's going to do his prayer Mm. um sort of a silent prayer to himself but the silent prayer to himself is just the lyrics to the trance song castles in the sky uh so uh look those up (laughs) and that's that's what you can hear going through his head doesn't he have, like, telepathic powers? Couldn't he make other people hear it if he wanted to? That's okay. true, yeah. I'm broadcasting it on, like, on a couple wavelengths, uh, a couple brain wavelengths. <laughs> um, it's almost like if anyone's hooked up to Bluetooth, I'm just sort of doing that. So, yeah. Yeah, That's and like- Carnery is hooked up to that Bluetooth. Uh, <laughs> Carter, <laughs> Carter does his best impression of a mountain pose, but just can't keep it. Uh, he has too many muscles, and so he... Uh, he ends up kind of falling over and uh, trying to make it look like he meant to do that, and then closing his eyes and uh, bobbing his head to the uh, Bluetooth psychic jams of Etolis. <laughs> um, Uraz is uh, sitting cross-legged, painting 
um, the metal on his body flesh color, or at least the metal that was that paint has been scraped off earlier from previous things. He's painting that flesh color, and uh, he's not listening to the telepathic radio. He's listening to a real radio that's implanted into his body. Um, bow, 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 bow. It's just that part of that song just keeps replaying in his head. Um, <laughs> Is that uh, Metallica? It's Metallica. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Metallica bow, still bow, exists. Bow, still exists. Bow, 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 in the radio waves, it just echoes that, that <laughs> little thing that little over and over. But they are still very against any sort of piracy or broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> anything they do. So be yeah. very careful. You wouldn't mm-hmm. steal a nanite, would you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so as as Uraz is doing is painting his his metal, you see that some uh, a small child from the inside of the mouth carn looks at you with wide eyes and makes a gesture to himself where he puts his two fists together and twists them in out opposite directions. You know this as the circle of augmentation, a ward against a uh, dangerous augment augmentation. It's it's not derogatory yet but he's uh he's slightly afraid of the level of augmented that you are and several and many of the people out here will be so uh and he scuttles back inside can i say that urez takes offense to that you can absolutely um, so urez takes offense to that he um uh he looks at the child as it runs away and a, a single tear rolls down his cheek oh beautiful as as um as Carner says, a a comment about Erez crying to uh, to Adelis. What's a comment? Yeah, you gotta just voice just the comment, voice man. We, we, we're improvising at this point. <laughs> oh, man, was it was he leaking or is that was that a tear? Uraz, do not do not sorrow at this. You need just to embrace your augmentations. I pray, please stop. Painting yourself flesh-colored. Hey, uh, that's easy for uh, you to say. You don't have to live with this. Can I tell you a secret? Will do you, you know? tell it to me, or you just, like, implant it into my brain? I can do either. Well, I- I'd like to hear it, too, so maybe you could just say it aloud. I will say it aloud, then. It is decided! <laughs> we have reached... <laughs> we have reached a decision on whether I will speak it aloud or use telekinetic powers, and I will speak it aloud. I wear this headdress, this purple headdress upon my head, because when I was a young man, I began going bald. I, too, am insecure about my physical appearance, but I strive every day. To accept myself as I am, balding or not, augmented or not, I pray that you will do the same. In the Selenium Monastery, silence was a sacred thing during times of meditation. You hear some applause come from inside one of the the mouth cards. Stupidly, Carner starts to applaud as well. <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent. Yeah, I'm a fan, Tennessee. Yeah, sure. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, the uh, the little boy sort of pops his head out again and looks at all of you and says, "Mom says that if if everybody doesn't come inside soon, Slay Tongue will get them. You don't have to come in here, but Mom said that I should warn you." Uh, I know a lot of things. Do I know Slay Tongue? Uh, you would. So this is one of the rumors that uh, the Aeon Priest sent you to investigate. So there, there may be more. You were sort of, it was a general kind of task that they sent you on, follow up interesting uh, leads. This was one of them. It seemed to be like very folklory. You don't, this one didn't seem very substantiated, but it is very uh, prevalent in the people out here to believe in Slay Tongues, a, a being that would uh, come uh, devour those that desecrated the bodies of um, pilgrims along the Wandering Walk, and specifically, um, you know, those that protected the mouth carns. Well, Birthling, we wouldn't want Slay Tongue to catch us. We should all hurry inside. I have to disagree. We are here on a fact-finding mission to cower in fear at the first sign of something truly odd and interesting. That goes against the spirit of the very mission. Hmm. Very well. Uh, 
This is, of course, up to my employer's decision. Uraz, mm? shall we test the truth of the sleigh tongue? I would enjoy it. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, she uh, takes a knee um, in front of the child and she's like, we will we will see if the sleigh tongue does find us. but we appreciate your hospitality. And she uh, just puts a like little uh, figure that she's made out of woven grass into his hand. Ooh, what is it? It's uh, it's, it's act- like a human figure. It's yeah, it's like a human figure. Lovely. It's like a little a little doll that uh, you make in your pastime when you're meditating and not doing object work. Excellent. What do you look like? By the uh, way, are so, you terrifying to behold, or are you trying yeah. to look? You know, is this is this child going to accept something that a strange? So I mean, th- this in? she definitely looks strange compared to a lot of the pilgrims around here. Yeah, but uh, like in a beautiful way. She yeah. has <laughs> uh, like a great way strange. <laughs> yes. She's anointed in many tattoos. Um, okay. uh, she doesn't have her warrior paint on, so her face is like clear. But uh, she does have uh, tattooed on her eyes, sort of like an eyeliner. Um, that mm. all the monks do. Uh, and her hair is very, is very tight to her head, uh, done up in elaborate braids, um, that are marked with, uh, different rankings. Uh, she has reached the 5B ranking, uh, in the Selenium Monk Kingdom, which is one of the highest rankings, uh, that a person can get. Uh, before they are put on the main stage. <laughs> uh, Can I describe my character as well? Please. Uh, okay, so um, if you if if you've ever seen the pictures of people making fun of people who pop collars on polo shirts and they have like <laughs> eight of them on, just imagine that with tunics. Uh, where I just have like a ton of tunics and they're all different colors. All popped. All popped. All my tunics are popped. Uh, and then I also this is the most important part. This is what you should really be. Uh, thinking about is my bag of oddities that I have hanging off of my shoulder. Uh, and in this bag of oddities, like at certain times you can see that there's like a, a light emanating from it. Other times there are curious sounds and, and, and almost sound like animal sounds and mechanical sounds. And, and there's a, you know, strange smells emanate from it. No one really knows, uh, what is in there, uh, including myself. I don't remember everything I've put in there, so sometimes it's a little bit of a surprise what I pull out from there, too. Is it a Jan sport? <laughs> it is a Jan sport. <laughs> Numenera, the kingdom of Jan. <laughs> he, he got rid of his umbro a while ago, <laughs> per Carner's uh, request. Uh, yeah, do we want uh, to go around and get physical descriptions on Uraz and Carner? Sure. Um, Uraz is. So Uraz is like a very uh, physically. Uh, imposing creature not only because of the uh exoskeleton kind of sewn to into his body but also he's like extremely physically fit he's Mm -hmm. the kind of person who uh would scare you even if he wasn't clad in this exoskeleton cool uh yeah and carner uh we we kind of already heard him talk about himself uh but uh other than his his bodice uh he he's a ginger uh, he he also we he, still have gingers a billion years in the future <laughs> yeah that recessive genus you won't die out um, but uh, yeah he has um, a couple of weapons on him but other than that he has really kind of like a, a makeshift put together of uh, armors uh, although that is uh, one of his special abilities that he is practiced in armor and so that uh, even though that kind of looks like a hodgepodge there's a there's a very specific purpose for all of it. Um, and some of it's metal, some of it's made of uh, different materials that are sort of uh, hybrid metals, hybrid uh, 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 materials. That Synth is one is sort of odd plastic, really strong plastic, essentially, mm-hmm. future. Yeah, that, that'll... So you probably got to have some synth. Yeah, and it allows him to be uh, flexible uh, while also uh, uh, looking to his level of fashionable. Mm. I, I hate to break it to you all, in in this particular area of the Wandering Walk, um, so all over the Ninth World, instead of real soil, there's what people call drit, 
Uh, and that is sort of a combination D-R-I-T, DRIT. Uh, and it's kind of organic matter plus breakdown of very much non-organic matter. And out here, um, it, it takes on a very strange blue hue. And that's been another oddity of something that uh, the Aeon priests warned you about that nobody knows why. It's uh, sort of blue sand everywhere. And the longer you stay there, the more your clothes get stained. So, Karner, you gotta watch out, cause your beautifully coordinated outfit is gonna, it's gonna get blue at the bottom. He's if you just don't. constantly trying to brush yeah, himself yeah, off in a, in a very, very discreet way. In the just... bottom of my oddity bag is OxyClean! <laughs> Numenera! Numenera! <laughs> that is 100% an oddity. Oh, yeah. I, I, I guess I. D- Despite all of that description that I did for myself, I didn't point out that she's covered in weapons, uh, which is probably <laughs> really important. So, yes, she yeah. is she, physically she imposing. <laughs> I mean, and she's, answer to your yeah, she's, question. I mean, she's also pretty tall. She's probably about 6'2". Um, okay. So, like, she could be physically imposing, although right now she is trying not to be. How about you make me a roll? Because Ooh. you are terrifying, and so I'm going to say it's maybe a, a level 3 task to convince this child that you are not about to smack him with one of your many weapons. So, it is a level 3 task. This means you would, if you are not trained in something that would, you can convince me, would apply here in your attempt to calm the child down, or at least not intimidate him, then you would have to beat a 9 or higher on your d20. Or you could spend effort from your intellect pool, which would cost three big points. Uh, I think I'm going to risk terrifying this tiny child. Excellent. (laughs) That is a 9. Exactly. Oh, you know, skating by. <laughs> Tanasia. All right. So tell me how it goes. So he takes, so, he so takes yeah, the dog. What I actually, I hold it out to him. Yeah. He looks at me. He looks around at everybody and he grabs it very quickly yeah. and like disappears inside the tent. Excellent. I should have grabbed his hand. <laughs> Pull my finger. <laughs> well, Thanks. we pan over to Uraz. Yeah. Who also has a figure that he has made that represents him that's terrifying. Oh man. <laughs> it's like metal jutting into him. It's all teeth. It's, it's all, all it's it's made out of the teeth that he pulled out from the the jaws of the No, thing. what? No. Yeah, he did that. Alright, I'm gonna you, you don't have to make bad things happen to you. Sure. I can make them happen. Great. Have some XP. <laughs> you do you. that. Yeah. No, I did it. Um alright, so this is a GM intrusion. <laughs> Even though you took it. Uh, and so you get to keep one XP and give one away. And guess what? Nothing happens at first. At first. The best part of GM Intrusions, nothing happens. Okay. 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 Um, so, and giving the XP away is arbitrary. To anybody? Okay, I'm going to give it. Okay. Uh, what, like, Tanasia, as soon, as soon as, like, you hold that out, <laughs> she immediately closes your fingers around the doll. Fool, what have you done? Uh, what do you mean? We were requested one thing through pass for passage through these lands, and that was not to disturb these sacred grounds. Oh, I can take it off your hands. And I peel open the top of my bag. I was like, put it in the bag of oddities. Yeah, try to throw it from there. (laughs) (laughs) Try to throw it from there to get it in. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's right. Try to get it in from there. Yeah. Uh, come on. You probably can't get it in from there. No, I bet you if you, if you try it in the I bag. believe that you don't understand the seriousness. This would be as though someone removed a picture of the Dell from one of our many walls. Tennessee in my suite. Okay. I understand that everything's going wrong here. And I, uh, I'm pretty sure this, this big jaw wall was pretty, pretty bad thing to kick or something. But... I mean, you know, what's done is done. Kid ran away. I feel like we're good. No one needs to know. Simply put it in the bag. Throw it in the bag. While this is happening, make me perception checks. How you do this is I'm not going to tell you difficulty right now because you don't know what you're trying to yeah, perceive. perfect. So you roll a d20 and you tell me if you are trained in something like perception. And then essentially I'll just add three to your roll. I don't believe I would be, which is silly. It is silly. But I guess most of the... Uh, stuff that I did in the monastery was like all planned out attacks. Mm-hmm. So I'm ready for the battle to start, not before it starts. Um, can I can I roll because I I am trained in understanding and identifying. Would that be so? You are trained in understanding yeah, and identifying Numenera. Oh, yeah. oh, got it. Um, I in this case I will count it actually. Really? Yes. In this case, okay. Um, I'm gonna roll. Okay. Eleven. 
So essentially 14 because you are trained. Because I'm trained, yep. right. right. I rolled a two. Excellent. You are probably also trained in something Numenera-y, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, I rolled a two as well. Okay. Uh, well, and, you uh, guys are focused on this whole yeah, cluster. Cluster? Yep. Cluster Numenera? Cluster Numenera? is really wrapped up in the fact that they committed a serious social yeah. faux pas, and Uras is picking yeah. up on her emotions right, right. now, yeah. more so than realizing and, what's going on. So, oh Karna got a 10. Karna got a 10. Uh, are you trained? No, you're not. not well, trained, okay. No. Is 10 the best we got? No. 14. 14. Okay. All right. So I think a 14 gets a glimpse of something. Uh, so while this is going on, you're, you know, you're holding open the bag. You're looking over the heads of, of the, your other companions, right? As you're trying to line up the shot for, you know, throwing in the, Throw the, the horrible it. monstrosity that Uraz created. And you see a flash of what seems to be a very large, if an archway could be a person, Wearing a cloak, mm-hmm. this would be that thing. It is a dark cloak with a red cowl and a large red black stone where a face would be on a human. And when I say large, I mean uh, maybe two or three watermelon size. These are there's a very imposing figure. None of the rest of you see it. Um, you see it for a second, and it's it's getting dark. There's a you feel a, a bit of wind rise, and a cloud sort of goes over the the setting sun, and it's gone. Carry on. We should replace these teeth. Do you, do you remember where you took them from? Oh, no, uh, I was, like, just picking it up. Just teeth on the trip over. Silence! I have glimpsed something from beyond. All right, listen up, folks. This is big. <laughs> Thank you! <laughs> Thank you, Carter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem, no problem, E. I have glimpsed e? what looks to be an archway. A way to... Do I know what it is? Do I have some idea of what it is? Um, make me a roll, but if uh, I'm going to say it is a an 18 or higher, so it's a level uh, six task. Wow, Here we go. I know, task. I know. 15. Mm. I got 18. Because you're trained. Yes. Excellent. Okay. That's awesome. All right. So tell me why you know this esoteric being called uh, known known really only as the Watchers. They're, they're a race or possibly just one uh, being that seems to... From Marvel Comics. From Marvel Comics, yes. <laughs> Who watches Who the watches watchers? them? <laughs> uh, so there are reports of these things in sketches in, in old books, and, and no one really understands why, but they seem to pop up and observe momentous events, and sometimes non-momentous events, but they pop up, people report seeing them, they give you a sense of unease, but not much else is known, and I'm not going to give you this card except for the picture because you can't know that. Okay. They are called the Watchers, though, and they are creepy, and you should be creeped out. They've been around. They've been reported to be at really large events, like the overthrowing of a government or, um, you know, the rise of some godlike being. So they seem to. Okay, so I'm telling you how I know. Please tell me how you knew. So you're partying one night, right? Uh, well, I I study a lot of books. I enjoy books of all kinds. There have been reports of these watchers at different momentous events, both of the atomic bombs falling and Japan. There were reports in scrolls. Even though they wrote books at that point, they still <laughs> recorded this in scrolls of these figures. Also, on clay walls, some of the first paintings that man has ever painted were of these watchers. Something happened at this very moment. Something that we are involved in is momentous. So you should totally put that figurine in my bag. It's important. But I must insist that you throw it from there. Yeah, man. Take a, it needs a couple steps back, too, because the wind died down. So, like, it's easier now. I believe we should... If if this is the case, if this is a momentous day, then perhaps anything we encounter on this day could be important. True. I must insist that we do not hurl <laughs> any such object through the air. Oh, you can hurl that one. I made another one. <laughs> <laughs> Tana. Yeah, yeah, you did. Tanisia starts rubbing her temples. Excellent. Raz, I must insist that you refrain from touching anything else. Okay, like, I know that now. It is my job to keep you safe, but I could not stand against an army, and I do believe, left to your own devices, you would provoke the wrath of one. Jesus. 
<laughs> That's just like me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> really, really did a lot to screw this up, didn't I? <laughs> So the the sun has set. It is actually yeah. In my monastery, Uraz, we say there are no mistakes, only opportunities. <laughs> what are you yelling at me about? You must look upon this as an occasion to transform your behavior and turn it into something valuable to the community. This is known as anding. <laughs> Also, I have read about this also. <laughs> the Sufi basket weavers. The master Sufi basket weavers. When making a mistake in the weave, it, they would just weave it into the pattern of the basket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that could have been a Dell close one, man. You, you got it. <laughs> yes, the Dell has... The Dell has stated many a wondrous thing that Uraz, I believe, could aid your life and your path in the future. Uh, right. Dell has already uh, aided my life. I I have this from a Dell XP on my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> XPS, I think, even is a gaming That's computer. That's too many L's. <laughs> That's too many L's. Oh, That's not a different. Del. That is not the Dell. <laughs> you hear the, the sounds Del. of hooves in the distance, coming from the north. My hands go to my weapon. Well, like, my hands are probably already on my yeah. weapons after being told about the creepy watcher. But, yeah, I'm yeah. looking to the north now. I immediately pull my weapon and then uh, find myself in close proximity with Tanisia. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I use Eagle's Eye? Yes, you may. That grants the ability to see ten times as far as normal for one hour. You need Ooh. to tell me what it looks like, though, when you activate it. Is it, you know, it's Numenera. I like everything to be beetles for some reason. Everything's a vial of beetles, and they go into your no- nostrils and make something happen. Um, but you can have it be the pills. You can have it be a, an I ocular. I hope this company is okay with drug use. Uh, yeah. Because I'm going to use some drugs. Numenera, uh, man. I reach, into my, uh, I reach into my bag, and I'm like... Ah, yes. I know just the perfect thing. Adderall. <laughs> and I cr- Which he has a prescription for. <laughs> yes. This is legal. Legal. Totally legal. I saw him get it. And I, cr- I start crushing it. I crush it into a fine powder. And then I lick it off of a little spoon. <laughs> a little sugar thing. <laughs> And Car- Carter, while he's doing this, Carter is telling a couple of stories. Of, man, you should have seen him back in the day. He knew how to crush oh, this stuff. Oh, man. Oh, not now. That's for another time. So your vision telescopes out, and you can see very far into the distance. And even though it's it's getting, you know, the sun has passed below the horizon, there's still a bit of light to the sky. And you can see the rest of you can maybe make out just a, a figure on the horizon. But what you can see is that it is a small humanoid riding a giant, giant, many, many, maybe a 100 feet long, basically a giant millipede, but the front several segments are compressed into this giant head unit, and so it has way too many legs, mouth legs, right, mm-hmm. up front. And it is uh, winding back and forth and rearing. You can see that it's it's not, this is not an animal that, would do well on the open plains where you are now. This is something that wants to be coiled up in a tree. You can see it's even, it has pr- problems straightening out, but it is being forced to gallop toward all of you, as only millipedes can do. <laughs> I may have changed my mind about t- seeking shelter. <laughs> uh, just, uh, just want to say it's uh, a millipede and uh, throughout my travels, both far and wide, through universes known and unknown, those are the scariest things in all of the universes, in all of known verses. In the monastery, we are taught to use our fear and yeah. embrace it. Tadasia, I don't mean to correct you at all, but when we've traveled, I mean, they're up there with silverfish, with with other sort of millipedes. These guys, every single leg you feel. Uh, so I'm just saying, we, we might want to just turn around. And Please excuse my companion Connor's mansplaining. <laughs> 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 I, 
I am used to it in the temple. <laughs> Excellent. So uh, we have two nanos. No, you're a jack. Okay. I'm a so, jack. Uh, I think at least Italas would actually know that this is a creature from this area called a scutimorph. And they are pretty dangerous, uh, but usually they don't attack humans. However, this one is very far from its home. So what are you guys going to do? And it's also being controlled. It's being written somehow. Being written. You haven't mentioned that to anyone else. Nope. Just the millipede bit. Okay. And the legs. Uh, all right. Um, so, all right. There is a creature, a small creature riding atop it. I am not sure what sort of creature this is unless I am sure what Make creature. me a roll. Okay. <laughs> you, you can see a very distant 100-foot millipede. I, oh. I do not know. It's oh, but you do. Oh, one. oh but you think. Oh, <laughs> What do you think it is? Tell me, Itolas. Just a, a small child. <laughs> uh, you know, it seems to be... Uh, let's see. Let's see. How can we complicate this for you? So this rolling a one in the cipher system is a free GM intrusion. So I get to complicate your life without giving you the benefit of any XP. So okay. I think that you think um, it's slay tongue. It is slay tongue, the fabled creature who comes and seeks out those who desecrate the bones of the pilgrims of the wandering walk. And it is coming for you. You just know it. You know that above uh, on top of this millipede. Is Slaytongue coming for you? I didn't. I have no idea how could this could be any scarier. But riding atop this millipede is the creature known as Slaytongue. And this is no bit. This is not a bit. Oh, that's not right. <laughs> Let's get Slaytongue. <laughs> I mean, guys, we're here right now. He's coming on a big millipede. I know I said it's scary before, but look at how scary we are. I mean, we're, we're just we're just gonna kick Major Buddha here, all right? Yes, yes. Without our intrusion, these monuments stood for generations, and after we were here, they were summarily destroyed. See, I'm glad to hear your enthusiasm. <laughs> I also like that they were destroyed. That means we're leaving our mark, man. We're here. So you are all loudly talking about the fact that Slaytongue is coming here, and that you all see Slaytongue. This is yeah. outside of the, the place the, where people are, have been making their... Tiny baby child. Yeah, tiny yeah. baby child, and the yeah. people seeking shelter. starts chanting Slaytongue. Slay. Oh, yeah, he does. Uh, so the people inside are starting to uh, rouse, and some of them are you know, saying, no, it's just a myth, and some of them are getting their, their biggest, nastiest ciphers and weapons, and they're ridding themselves, but they're staying in the protection of the, the mouth carn. I don't think any of them have seen that you desecrated their bones yet. Okay, so yeah. so far, so good. Uh, are we going to fight this thing? Yep. Uh, are you doing anything before it gets there? Okay. Uh, so it's coming into view. The rest of you can see it. Um, you can make me perception rolls if you want to see anything more detailed. Uh, I'm pulling out my weapons right now. Okay. Um, I, I've got a small sword. I've also got a giant uh, sort of sickle-looking thing. And then... Um, is one of my one of these abilities? Or? Yeah, uh, right, they're uh, ciphers. Ciphers. It's one of my ciphers. Uh, uh, it's a crystal detonation, uh, but mine is a Swarovski crystal, uh, and it's it's very ornate. Uh, but <laughs> I don't want to let go of it. But like, I You're just let everyone. It? Yeah, I let everyone know that I I will is if it I the need vase? to. It's a vase. It's of a course. beautiful vase. Yeah, okay. and uh, I've I've fashioned the bombs inside of it to look like a flower, uh, and so like, and, and then oh, you nice. know. Dude, guys, I'm not going to use this because it's beautiful, but if I do, just look at it, man. Just check it out. You're going to like what you see. I'm going to cast Ward. Okay. Uh, I think it's constantly kind of cast on you. Does it say right. it costs something? You have a something? shield of energy around you at all times. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So it's just a thing. It's already figured into it. But you make it shimmer or something cool. Yeah, uh, something cool is happening. Yeah. So so as this creature is getting closer, can I get a roll that means nothing to any of you really quick on a d20? For randomness, because the GM doesn't roll dice. Two. Two. Can I get a roll 16. from you? Sixteen. Okay, uh, Carner, you hear a voice in your head. It is, uh, it is at first a deep man's voice saying, um, "Shudder, Fox," and then you hear a small whisper, "Shudder, Fox." Eve's at you. Also, it's gonna, it's going to be a GM intrusion. You can you can uh, say no if you want, because it's going to complicate your life. I'll, I'll accept. You'll it. accept it. Okay, yes. give one of the XP away. Excellent. So as the, this rider is coming closer, you hear that voice stronger in your head saying other nonsense things such as nutmeg, inkwell, inkwell, uh, 
Mark left end of the hounds. Mark left end of the hounds. And it sounds frantic and and panicked. Eve, that's not you. Guys, there's like a mad lib going inside my head right now. Anybody else got one? Excellent. Uh, I'm too focused right now. I'm pulling out my swords. I'm doing a warm-up uh, where I do different sword forms shouting, Zip! Zap! Zap! Zip! Zap! Zap! Excellent. Uh, I'm just staring out into the distance, um, watching the beast roll in, and in my head is just bow, 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 bow. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So as it comes close, all of, all of you can see that Slaytongue is a small girl who has her hair done up in elaborate braids that flow behind her. And you just predicted what Yeah, it I know. Was. I shouldn't That's have said. Really <laughs> yeah, you did. Which is why I was like, no, you can't, you can't, can't have I that. I really did know, but I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, so it's a young girl, uh, and she looks... Behold, Numenera! Uh, and as she rides up, uh, she's, you see, she is starting to fall off of, off of one of the segments that she's, she's sitting on, and she's starting to collapse to the side. And she's getting right up near you, and if you're not doing anything, she falls off the beast, and as soon as she drops out of contact with it, it rears up and makes all sorts of scuttly noises, and, uh, starts squealing and reverts and starts going back the way it came in a much faster way. Yeah, if I see that it's a kid, I'm gonna, run and try and catch her before she falls to the okay. ground. Make me a speed check. Uh, uh, and I yeah. am trained in so many things that would help this. I've got balance and careful movement. I've got speed defense. I've got jumping and physical performing arts, all of which I think would help me catch a tiny I think baby it tells dog. me that you catch her without a roll. Oh, I feel like that that's kind of your <laughs> graceful thing. It's you, you catch her. Uh, so, so yeah. So tell uh, me what happened. So you leap forward, put, drop your, your weapons, I assume, so, yeah, or put um, them away. I, I don't drop my weapons, but I do sheathe them. Uh, and I go, you handle the beast. I shall take care of this creature. And I leap through the air, uh, and like catch her in my hands. In the and, blue like, drit. Roll. Yeah. I yeah. roll right into the dirt and clutch her to my chest as, uh, like the rest of my body is like ravaged by the dirt. As soon as you touch her, you hear, in the canyon, in the canyon, just in your mind. Do uh, we need to us. follow the beast? It seems to be running in the opposite direction. Is it taking care of itself? Yeah, I think it's fine. Uh, is that right? <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> it's running away. Uh, <laughs> I, it, I'm chill with not chasing it. If you are chill. Yeah. Carter's running at it. Carter, Carter is dead sprint, just trying to as as Tennessee like gets the child. Uh, Carter is uh, running at it by and not catching up with it because of his yeah. lack of legs. Um, and he uh, is is shouting those same words back Ooh, at it. Really? Yeah. And he's like, "Nutmeg to you, man! Like, what? Do you, you can't come back here." Excellent, excellent. And he uh, he's of course slowed by all of the flourishing of him and his weapons, oh, yeah. as if addressing someone in a kung fu movie. Perfect. Um, can Leaping. I? Can yeah. I? Uh, I'm going to try to telepathically stop Carner from running at it to sort of like pull him back and calm him down a bit. Do I need to roll? Uh, you can. Say, hey, Carner, stop in his mind if he's willing. Uh-huh. If you want to, it would be a harder role to do something a bit more like controlling. Right. Um, is, okay. is that what yeah. you want to do? Telepathically, I'm just going to be the. I'm... Stop it, man. Yeah. Cut it out. Telepathically. Carner, Carner, can you hear me? Yeah. Is that Yuri? That's me. I'm a mere 30 feet behind you. But I chose to do telepathy. <laughs> you need to stop. The beast no the beast means us no harm. We need you here with this creature that we do not know. Dude, dude, I'm getting like brain static cuz like I hear you and then I hear these other words. I, I, don't worry man, like he's I scared him away. He's he's not coming back here man cuz he saw me. Man. Okay, right. come back then. I'm coming. I'm coming man. All right. Excellent. So I, Tanasia, I received an an intrusion. You received an intrusion. So you are you are holding this girl. Mm -hmm. Everyone in the 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 shelter of the Mouthcarns starts filtering out, and several of them, still holding their weapons, um, shout at you and say, "You have slay tongue." If this creature be slay tongue, then I believe you all have been shuddering for naught, and I reveal that it's just a little girl. And I'm holding it in my hand. They look not at all 
changed in their in their demeanor about being angry at her okay uh it is not and and they they don't seem to be treating her as though she is a fabled monster but uh an an older man uh the one you had seen watching you uh carefully before you had entered the the Malkarns, uh walks over to you with a, a large uh world club in his hand but it has lots of glowing strips on it and a couple studs of strange stones and he says you all look like you're not too many glow globes short so i i suspect you don't know what you have here let me inform you what what this is what you're holding is a beal and a beal is a danger to themselves and to everyone else and what defines a beal uh, someone else pipes up, uh, a woman in her 40s, um, with the, the sun sort mm-hmm. of behind her. Um, and she's got strange, uh, knives coming out of her hands, uh, that she still has at the ready. Uh, she doesn't look like she quite as much wants to murder this kid as everyone else does, but she says, Beals have mental powers. It's a rare genetic ability out here, but it never ends well. Then, Allow my group to take on the charge of care for this Beal. It can only mean doom for us. Care? Care for the Beal? Uh, the, the old man is, is shaking his head and he says, I, I can't allow one of these to be running around on the walk. It's so dangerous. With due respect, you will lose more trying to claim the Beal than you will from the Beal. Sir, if I may interject. <laughs> I am a follower of the path of mental powers as well. And I alone have the capacity to train and hone the Beale's mental powers. He shakes his head. <laughs> excellent, excellent. I can uh, help the Beale control their mental powers. Excellent. I can't decide if this is persuasion or deception, because I can't decide if you're... I truly believe this. <laughs> okay. This All right. I'll allow it. Um, okay. So he says he says to you, I'll let, allow you to make a roll, if you're, if you're saying. I can make her... Are you say. trained in anything that might help? A one... Seven. Are you seven. Okay. Uh, are you trained in anything that might help? You're an Aeon priest. I feel like you could... Invoke sort of yeah tasks requiring incredible focus, <laughs> uh, resisting <laughs> mental effects. Are we talking about the same character here? <laughs> yeah, excellent. Um, I think your your knowledge of Numenera might you know might be able to be it's almost a like spiel. I know bestiary of sorts. Yeah, um, excellent. So he says, I'm sure that there are many of your kind that have mental abilities, but Beals are something else. Uh, if you promise to take her far away from here and keep all of us safe from her, I suppose she's as good in your hands as any, but you've been warned. And do not sleep here tonight, or ever. Do not come back here. Do not sleep ever? <laughs> yes. Or do not sleep here ever. He storms off, <laughs> and, and he starts. He takes out a, a, a small uh, dagger, and he starts continuing the scars on his arms as he's walking off. All right, he means business. <laughs> I don't mean to uh, change the subject or whatever, but did anybody else notice the woman with knives coming out of her hands, or as is intrigued by a woman mm. who maybe partially <laughs> mechanic <laughs> as I well. Believe, I believe they were merely gauntlets, Uras. Oh, Not were. true augmentations, I fear. Okay. Your well. search continues. Yeah, you're still the only weirdo that looks like you. Garner, come on. <laughs> uh, what? Is... <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> was in a deity a billion years ago. <laughs> I will admit, uh, t- taking the path of the mind, I am merely familiar with physical uh, manifestations of power, uh, although the group mind is spoken of very much so in the temple. I know little of these mental connections, uh, but the child did speak to me, uh, I believe trying to warn us about the canyon. Yeah, I recall. <laughs> <laughs> but the words seem frantic and fragmented. Is that something that accompanies stress with telepathy or group mind? 
you see the girl uh, sit up straight, gasping. And as soon as she does, Tanasia and Karner hear in their minds uh, a frantic, no, no, mustn't go. Both in that deep voice and the the girl's voice, mm-hmm. almost almost in sync now, uh, and and she she's there's sort of this litany of uh, smaller kind of nonsense words in this vein that are going on at a, at a lower level that you mm-hmm. both can hear, and she speaks verbally for the first time, and she she pulls on on the the clothing or the weapons yeah. or whatever's dangling in front of her and and looks you in the eyes and she says, uh, "Take me." Silion Basin, I need help. And she she nods and she's holding, gripping onto your your clothes. And there's still this litany. It seems like she's uh, almost hurt every time you hear the words mm-hmm. that are rippling within your heads. And as she calms down, the the litany quiets a bit. But she got those words out. Allow me to carry her. I understand that she, her mental powers can have an effect on you, but. My own mental powers can dampen these effects. Allow me to carry the child. Of course. Excellent. Is there is there a pathway? Can we continue on this path? Or do we know... What, what was the word that you said? Sileon mm-hmm. Basin is a stopping point on the Wandering Walk. Um, it's a bit west and north of here, so it's a bit off. But it is a popular... Um, almost like a, like a lodge town kind of thing. It's a place where people stop and there, are, there are supposedly great healing properties of these natural basins there that, uh, you, you definitely would have heard of from the Aeon priests who like sent you Korean here. Korean spa. Yep. Totally. Um, yeah, my, uh, my dad, obviously the Duchess King, the, du- the Duke King <laughs> of Duchessville. Sorry. <laughs> uh, he once went to the Salyon Basin. Wouldn't expect any of you guys to have gone there. It's one, I don't know, it's just, it's upper class. No offense, it's upper uh, class, though. Uh, one time, I was in the Sileon Basin. <laughs> it was before I was as I am now. Mm. Did you did you, did you you go to Biggie's? That's the place with oh, the, Bi- Biggie's. Biggie's is delicious in the Sileon <laughs> Basin. <laughs> Biggie's had, had that, uh, the, it had that bar on the roof. Yeah, let no, us not big. tarry. Yes, let's make That's our canon. way. That's canon. You know, you're all going to Biggie's <laughs> now. I hope big. you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, no, you know, but, Biggie's is a great place. You got to go really, there when we get there. Okay, that's fine. Get there. I, if this girl, if there's truly healing powers in this basin, we must get this girl to them. She appears to be totally in her head. <laughs> <laughs> You know, uh, and when you're in your head, you uh, you, you don't really contribute. Uh. <laughs> that is right, Russ. Let's okay. So we're gonna go. Excellent. Okay, so you let's go. walk that way. So you're yeah. going. Uh, it is the middle of the night. Um, I would say that you guys are still kind of fresh. You don't really need to camp if you don't have to. Uh, so it's up to you if you want to power through. You think it's about maybe a full day's journey to Sileon Basin, uh, through this arid environment with lots of, and, you know, it has hills and things, but a lot of the hills end up being, you know, sunken structures of, of the ancient past. And some of them you can get in and you, you know, they, uh, unless they're particularly exciting, there's just Numenera and stuff everywhere. So you can be telling me if you're looking for something specific, or you could just be trying to take the safest path to Silean Basin. Um, some other rumors you would have heard as you're passing through this area is that there are supposedly bioluminescent swarms called the Light Swarm that happen mm-hmm. every few generations, and no one alive probably has seen the last one, but that's something the Aeon Priesthood is interested in. So Slaytung, uh, some bioluminescent swarms, um, I think those are some of the major mm-hmm. rumors you had heard out here. Ooh, Skulking wanna, bands. I do want to check out the bioluminescent swarms. Yeah. Can yeah. we do that? Yeah. You can be on watch for them. They happen every few generations. So I will allow you to make a roll trying to understand uh, any clues about, about what this might be. Twelve. Excellent. And this is kind of a Numenera phenomenon. Uh, all right. So that would be plus three, right? Yep, exactly. So 15. So, 15. so it's a level five. Uh, le- you beat a level five, which is pretty significant. Sure. Um, so you are, as you as you are walking along, t- you can tell me if you're doing anything else, mm-hmm. but you are checking out this blue drit, which you found was pretty suspicious. And you can see that, um, you know, you as you're digging through it and you're looking, sifting through different samples, you can see that 
they seem to be bits bits of almost chitinous material, like it could have come from possibly some kind of animal. Um, and you think that these bioluminescent swarms were insectoid, and so you think you have the suspicion that there's something relating this blue drit with the insectoid swarms. That's all you have right now. Okay. Sure. But it's a good start. It's better than the Aeon priests have ever had. So. Right. Uh, can we just take the safest path? And if we happen to see some, mm-hmm. I mean, if we happen to see some bioluminescent. Well, heroes, that's it for one shot this week. Be sure to join us next week for the continuation of Numenera. In the meantime, to amuse yourself, please check out the Overshare Comedy Network Let's Play channel and my new show, Bits on Bits. If this episode got you excited to check out Numenera, be sure to head over to their Kickstarter, where they are kickstarting Numenera into the Ninth World, a massive expansion of the Numenera Ninth World setting. $45 gets you an electronic version of every book that they're putting out through this Kickstarter. If you want to check out Kat or myself at a convention, be sure to meet up with us at ValorCon, October 16th through 18th in Chicago, Illinois, Metatopia, November 5th through 8th in Morristown, New Jersey, and Akatacon, November 13th through 15th in Oxford, Ohio. You can find links to all of our conventions in the show notes. Also, this past weekend marked OneShot's second birthday. We've officially been doing this for two whole years. Thank you so much for the opportunity to come to you guys every week with a new, exciting game. I'm so happy with how One Shot has turned out. We've grown so far from our first day, and it is all because of dedicated listeners like you who not only listen to the show, but pass it on to their friends. Also, I would be remiss if I didn't once again thank all of our backers on Patreon. Guys, you are making it possible for us to do really exciting things in the future. Hopefully Kat and I will get a chance to get together soon and put out another episode of First Watch where we can talk about how excited we are that we've been doing One Shot for two years. One Shot is a proud partner in the Chicago Podcast Co-op. If you like what we're doing here at One Shot, you might also enjoy Improvised Star Trek. Improvised Star Trek is an improvised parody of Star Trek featuring the adventures of the crew of the USS Sisyphus, a slightly less enterprising starship. One Shot is a joint production between Paracosm Press and Peaches and Hot Sauce. Peaches and Hot Sauce is a Chicago-based comedy network with tons of great podcasts, videos, and live shows that you can check out at peachesandhotsauce.com. Finally, that music which is right now swelling up over my voice is Be Your Own Pet with Adventure, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes! Yes.